As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Hump Day. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just uh, living and driving. I woke up today. I'm blessed. My legs work. Amen. I got the allergies. (laughs) Um, My child is, you know, thriving, growing, healthy. So... I'm good. Same. Same. Um, today we have special guests. Yes, we have the ladies of her space, Terry and Dom. Thank you guys for so thank you guys so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having us. We're excited. Yes. I can't wait have? to dive in. Yes. You guys are up in the bay, right? Yes. Yep. West San Coast and Oakland. Cali gals. You guys are both from Oakland? Well, I'm from Philly originally. Oh, my family's from Philly too. Okay. What part of Philly are you from? Southwest. Okay, I'm from West Near Philly. The airport. West okay. Philly. Okay, yeah. I got a feeling West Philly girl. <laughs> my grandma lives by the airport now, like really? um, Woodland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so all my grandma's Island? business on the internet. Huh? <laughs> oh. No. My- Tell our listeners a little bit about um, Her Space podcast and why you ladies started your podcast. You guys, um, I, know, I know, Dom, you are a therapist. And I, I, I'm assuming that's part of the inspiration behind it, but I'd love to hear more about why you started it. And yes, do you want me to tell our co-parenting story, Dom, of our of our podcast? <laughs> yes, please do. Please share okay. that experience with everyone. Yes. So Dom and I often say that we are co-parents because as you ladies know, podcasting is a lot of work, but we love it. It's a labor of love. And basically we just met randomly a couple years ago at a conference and we were like, we want to do something for black women. Like we just want to create a community for us where we can just talk about the real shit that we go through. Right. Um, Because we need more spaces to just be. And so we literally had no idea what we were doing. We came up with this idea and started the Her Space podcast. And Her is an acronym for healing, empowerment and resilience. And so Dom is our resident therapist, although you do need to seek your own therapist, of course. That's our disclaimer that Dom has taught me. And mm-hmm. I am the techie and motivational speaker. And so we just bring our stories and perspectives and amazing guests into this one space to talk about everything from fibroids to fake friends and just really create a healing space for Black women. So we, we hope that you feel good after you uh, close out of one of our episodes. For sure, for sure. I mean, I think it's so important for to, to have a space to heal and all those things. I think these conversations are, are so important for our community. And um, I'm so grateful that they're, be, they're becoming more normal. Sorry. Yeah, I think that they're, being, that, they're, that they're becoming more normal and, you know, normalizing this conversation about 
you know, all the things that we encounter and our feelings and traumas and all those things, like the more I know, sorry, <laughs> I know the more that we, we share and the more that we talk, like every day we sit down, every week we sit down and it's, it's a therapy session. It truly mm -hmm. feels like, like therapy. I need it. <laughs> yes. Ditto. <laughs> yes. And I think that everybody could benefit from therapy on some level. And so for me, I am just happy that people are normalizing therapy and willing to talk about their mental health. And so, you know, on one hand, I'm like, oh, this just warms my heart that people like the stigma feels like it's kind of coming down. But then on the other hand, I'm like, damn, we have been through some shit as a people, like as a collective, and then even on an individual level. And the fact that we need it is like, fuck. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. I think, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, wanted to get your perspective because, you know, as you know, we're both parents. And, you know, I think me and Jamila, I guess I... I, I dabbled in therapy a little bit when I was like young, like in my early twenties, and then um, not my, not until like I was in my thirties did I really start going to therapy. And um, you know, now having a child, uh, I'm so aware of the things that you know I felt like were kind of these these pillars of, or like these these big moments in my life that I feel like affected me, that I wish that like my parents had either either talked to me about, been more mindful about, or like protected me from, um, et cetera. And so like, I think now about my child and obviously I am pro-therapy, but I also try to think of like, what are the things that like I could be doing now to like ensure that I'm not inflicting like trauma on her or that I'm not or like how do I encourage her to use her voice in the way that like I didn't know how to vocalize when I was a kid um and these are things that I think about all the time the things that we, we, we talk about but you know being able to like you know pick you up your guys's perspective and get your perspective on on different ways that you know we can help identify their feelings in these developmental stages of their life um and encourage them to to talk about them. I think that um, it's so important because even as women, even me as a grown ass woman, I have a hard time with this. I'm sorry, my baby daddy is like calling and text messaging me and I can see the pop-ups on the side of the screen and I'm getting so mad. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. so as we're talking about this, I'm like, I am an adult and I need to identify with my feelings. <laughs> That's so I real. haven't okay, been given so the tools to work through my feelings in the present moment. Breathe. And, <laughs> and it gives me anxiety. And then I see that in my mom and I see that in my grandmother. And I see that it, it's such a, um, it's such a, 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 like a unspoken about, like an unspoken thing in the community. You know, I think we all really have things that we haven't been given the tools to communicate and we haven't been given the permission to give ourselves grace. And to be like, I'm hurting. This hurts. I'm in pain still because, you know, there's this like this, I have to be strong. I have to maintain. I have to save face. I can't cry. You know, like there's this whole culture that we've like, you know, we kind of have to, I think it takes for each other to embrace one another and to promote it within each other to say like, just cry, girl, just cry. You don't have, you don't have to be right. You don't have to um, be perfect. You don't have to be strong and just like, like a, a safe space to do that. But I realized that starts in childhood, you know, um, I, I, I remember we were just talking on, on her space, but um, you know, you talked about Erica, there was a time in your life where your dad would just the mere, like the, the mere mention of his name would make you cry. And there was a time in like high school. I remember being in the kitchen, like brushing past my mom and like, cringing like mm. not being able to want to touch her and I'm like what the fuck is that like looking back I'm like wow that's really deep and really sad that I've had these feelings towards my mom you know and um not being able to feel like I could express that or or get that anger out and that I was being heard so like I want to talk about how we can give our our kids the tools 
to express themselves to us and, you know, and to feel seen and heard, but also give us the tools to be able to hear them and be receptive and not do like the thing where like, this is a grown folks talk. Don't talk to me like that. You know, stay in your place. Like, where are the, le like, there's so many levels to this shit. Right. And so I'm so grateful for you guys because I know you guys came up with five different ways and I'd love to just like dive into them because when we do these episodes where we list things out, they're so helpful because people can really go back and even us, like they, we make, it, a lot of times it's not until we sit down and say, we wish you an episode on this that I actually really, really think deeply about like the things that I'm actually applying in my life or the, and also the things that like I probably can be better at applying. So I love, I love being able to chat with you guys. And so I know the first one that you guys had put on here was label, label your child's emotions. So can you tell us a little bit like about what you think, how you think that that is, and why you think that's important? Maybe it's from personal experience or just from your work, Dom. Well, I, I want, before we even talk about labeling the child's emotions, I think that it's first important for us to just acknowledge that you all have that awareness, right? That there are intergenerational issues and patterns and cycles that you want to break, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think the first step in making any change is acknowledging that there's change that needs to happen. Right, right. And, so, and so I think kudos to y'all, first of all, for having that awareness and the willingness, because I think that's the second part of it, of having that willingness to say, okay, we want to do different. Like we recognize the impact that these cycles have had on us and we want to find a way to do differently. And so I think, you know, when we get to that first thing of like labeling the child's emotions, if we can, oftentimes, if we can put a name to it, then what that does is that frees us up to say, okay, then how can I solve it? What can I do about it if I know what it is? Because if I don't know what it is, then how do I know how to address it? Right. Because at that point, if I can't name what the emotion is, then as the parent, I'm over here tossing all kinds of things to try and fix it and none of it's working. And then I'm getting frustrated because it's not working. But if I don't know how to name it and if I can't get my child to name it, then we can't do anything about it. Right. And so I think helping children early on to name the emotions so if something makes them happy, like from early, and when I say early on, I mean like from birth, like acknowledging, you know, because kids come into this world and emotions and emotional expression, they're not born with that full range of emotions. Mm -hmm. It evolves over time. Mm -hmm. And so being able to help them name it. So if they're happy, if they're joy, if they're joyous, if they're angry, if they're upset as an infant saying, oh, baby, you're, you know, I see you're upset right now. Let's figure out why is baby upset? Mm -hmm. And then as they get older, helping them to say to like, if they don't know what's happening for them as the parent to say it for them, to say, right. okay. You know, that three-year-old who's throwing a temper tantrum to name for them, hey, you're upset right now. Mm -hmm. And then that allows them to figure out, okay, well, am I upset? Is this really, is this really accurate? What they're telling me how I'm feeling? Is that really how I'm feeling? And if it's not, let me, let me adjust. Yeah, no, I re I totally agree with that because I think even as parents, sometimes when our kids are throwing tantrums, you know, you know, you'd be like, you're not upset. Like, stop. You're fine. You're fine. And it's like, wait, they're, they're not fine. Even if it, even if it is ridiculous. Yes. But like, but, and sometimes it will be ridiculous. And sometimes it's totally just, un, un, just, un, just, just not, it doesn't make any sense sometimes. 
have those conversations and not just dismissing your kid as just being a baby. Like, oh, you're just acting like a baby. You're just, you know. You're fine. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, like, I, for, I have for sure said that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Probably said it yesterday. <laughs> but you're right. But you're right. Like, instilling those tools and identifying just as basic as being like, okay, you're happy. Baby's happy. Baby's sad. Baby is hungry. Baby is, you know, tired. Tired, you know, even though kids will never admit when they're tired. They mm-hmm. never. Never. I don't never. It, is, it is like an all out revolt against yeah. tired. I've, I've heard about kids that do. Really? Cool. What? What the, kids? Same kids. The only time I realize that she's tired very, and that is when she, there's just like, there's no getting around. The exactly. She has got to be like dragging feet, like barely can walk until she acknowledges sure. that she's tired. But yeah, no, I think that's a really great. And I think, you know, I think sometimes like the older, the parents that have older kids sometimes feel left out of the conversation because they mm-hmm. feel like it's too late. I haven't, she's already doing this and this and that. What now? Like, what are the tools yes. now? But I think it's never too late to have conversations with your kids you know at different stages and whatever they are and asking them like how are you feeling how are you feeling today what's going on today this is how I feel I feel in this way so how are you feeling you know personalizing it that's spot on Erica that kind of leads us into number two as well and I do want to just share a disclaimer although I have not birthed any children um, like Dom I was a parentified parent or a parentified child and so I raised my four younger siblings when my mom was in and out of jail and they are um, three of them are teenagers today. One is 20 years old. And then also in this world of like motivational speaking and going to schools, I've worked with young people and I feel like I've learned so much about parenting via my siblings. So I've basically done everything besides birth and breastfeed them. So, <laughs> getting her, you know, sister ready for prom, you know, dealing with their their dramas, because, you know, especially the girls, the girls always have some type of school drama. The boys are so laid back. But my sisters, it's like there's always something. And so I find that modeling and encouraging appropriate ways to express their feelings is super helpful. And it, I think about, you know, when I got language for certain behavioral traits that I had, like I remember, you know, realizing I really love solitude. I like being alone. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just a weirdo because I didn't know what that was called. I am a weirdo, but <laughs> I like being an introvert, right? And so when you learn about, oh, this is what this thing is called, you can research it. So that kind of just um, to piggyback off of number one, but when it comes to modeling and encouraging appropriate ways to express feelings, kids remember things and they watch us, right? They watch our every move. And there are sometimes to this day where my siblings will still tell me about things they remember me doing when we were younger. And I'm like, oh gosh, but there were also a lot of healthy things and coping mechanisms that I taught them when we were growing up. And so I think one, for instance, like teenagers are, as you know, as you can imagine, right? They're a trip, right? And oftentimes I think there's sometimes a disconnect between parents and their teenagers because they're in that stage of gaining their independence, finding who they are, and they may not want to be up under mommy and daddy like they used to. And so I found that, you know, in breaking that sort of, um, I guess, breaking that barrier with the teenagers that I've worked with and also my siblings, a lot of it comes to just transparency. And I've literally walked into an auditorium of high school students. And at the end of the session, some of them will come up to me and they're like telling me their life story or things they've never told their teachers that they've been with for years. And the teachers are like, literally, I had a teacher one day, like, what did you do? How did you get him to share this? He never shared it with me. And I was like, honestly, I just listened to him and I just shared something about myself. And she was just like, damn, like, is that easy? Yeah. Like being transparent and letting them know, like, I'm having a rough day or I felt really scared about this. or I felt insecure about this, whatever it might be, modeling that behavior and kind of leading the way and then encouraging them to do the same and knowing and letting them know that you can, they can trust you. I think that's key too. And like without judgment. So I've had my siblings tell me things where I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Or like, you kind of want to like judge a little bit where you're like, well, no, but they already know we've had these conversations. And so just providing a safe space where they can literally tell you anything, I think goes back to modeling, right? Like I remember growing up, my mom used to always say, you can tell me anything. You can do that. And then we tell her stuff and then she flip out and we're like, well, that's why we don't tell you nothing is because you keep saying we could tell you stuff. And then when we come and tell you, you call your best friends and you tell telling our business. Okay. Or when you get mad, it comes up and it's when like. You get mad, it comes up and then you putting yep. it in our face. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. why we don't tell you nothing. So right. I, I think really, you know, adhering to what you promised them. Like if you're going to, you know, instill that trust, then really coming up with your own toolbox and game plan on how to respond when they do tell you things that you may not want to hear. 
mm -hmm. I'm flip out because they deserve to be flipped out on, or I'm gonna like chill out, chill. I'm gonna flip out when they walk away. I'm gonna call Jamila and tell her what the fuck. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then I'm gonna go back into her room quietly, sit down, and the rubber shoulder and be like, "See what? You know that? No, tell me about that. So, yeah. what did you do? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And it takes a lot. There's a lot of like swallowing your pride and, and yes. even your better judgment at times so that you can have that trust. Yes. And I mean, and I think the thing is, is that that takes a lot of patience too, right? Because if you think mm -hmm. about it, if you are in a space, like you've had a rough day at work mm -hmm. and your child is checking in and they tell you that, I don't know, they, spent $500 out of your bank account or something, right? I don't know. That's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And in reality, you want you may want to flip out. You know, I mean, and, and let's be real. In reality, you may want to choke them out, right? <laughs> but one, as a mandated reporter, I can't <laughs> condone that type of behavior, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> And so in, in, in the age that we live in, too, of how easy it is for kids to call CPS, right? Mm -hmm. you, you recognize that, okay, choking them out, one, is probably, it might get me arrested, might get the child taken away from me. But that's also not going to fix the, get the $500 back into my bank account that they took out. Right. But you've had a rough day at work. And you're like, this is the last fucking thing that I need right now is for this child to tell me about this $500 from my bank account. Mm -hmm. And so then you're in that space where you're like, okay, that's when shit gets real. Because <laughs> it's easy if you've been having a good day to have that wherewithal and that presence to say, all right, I'm going to pause. I'm going to give Erica a call. Or I'm going to give Mila a call. Or I'm going to give Terry a call. Somebody, or we might do a conference call so I can process this shit out, right? There's, yeah, there's just no perfect scenario. There's exactly. no, it, it's always, it always smacks you in the face. It's just, it's <laughs> that's essentially what parenthood is. It literally, like, just when you think like, oh no, like, it's not that age yet. Not yet. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, oh no, it's this age. And yeah. and honestly, the age is like with at, at the the access that kids have now, and like yes. the exposure they have, the intelligence truly that they have. I feel like this this generation is even my daughter's generation are going to be much more intelligent than I than I am because they have more access to information. And it's mm -hmm. all, and and obviously we know that's a double edged sword because there's a lot of things. that's like. Is your mind ready to even like process this? Right no, now? so much more access. But yeah. all these things kind of come flying at you, and it's like you have to just. If I feel like parenthood is like bracing yourself for like sucker punches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's like oh, yeah. oh, like <laughs> honestly, and then you're yeah. finally you're like oh okay, I can breathe, and it's like oh, you're like oh yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. So like I mean. I think, and but like, but but if, but if you want that trust and you want them to talk to you, it's so important. I mean, I think about my relationship with my mom. Like, that's kind of the relationship we had. Like, I really wanted to tell her things, but every yeah. time I did, or most of the times I did, when they were like pretty, like you know, crazy for my age or something, I saw her trying to put it in practice, and yeah. I'd be like, damn, like damn, she would like that was good. That was good. She right. not grounded, and then sure enough. Like yeah. one week later, she's been stewing and she couldn't work to just like, uh-uh. And I was like, oh, okay, here it goes. And yeah, that's why I ain't telling you nothing. Yeah. Right, right. It's nice to see when your work, when you see your work implemented and then you're like, oh, so, I think one time I was in the choir with Bruna and I was like, I get really anxious really quickly. I get overwhelmed. I'm like, there's my phone. Ah, and she's like, mom, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, mom. You can get your phone later. I'm like, 
you know what? I already did that to me. I already did that to me recently. My work is working, but not on myself. She did extension that to of me self. recently too, and I had the same feeling. Like, like oh, oh my god. god, so she does know. Yeah, wow. I mean, by teaching my daughter yoga at school, I'm like, I never did yoga. Right. Like, okay. right. Yeah. Meditation and quiet yeah. time. I'm so happy that these things, that these resources are available, and like to, to children, there are just so many more resources available to children. Even yeah. if you are a parent and you don't know where to start, like. There's places you can find, like Google mm-hmm. is is king. Yeah, it's terrible because Google is also the devil. But I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's just what it is with technology. But you know, and I think too that other piece of modeling is being able to say, "I need a moment," mm-hmm. and giving yourself that time out. But then also on that flip side, giving the child permission to take those emotional timeouts as well, mm-hmm. to let them say, okay, I need them. I, mommy, I need a moment. And as, as the parent, not getting upset with that, like really right. giving them truly that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully then they'll come back and they can engage without it being like a temper tantrum. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that really leads us into the third one that you guys listed, which is teaching them healthy coping skills. Because I think the teaching really happens with the modeling, right? And, you know, and like for us as parents, us seeing our kids telling us, okay, take a deep breath. And, you know, so, and oftentimes when they are, like our daughters are five and they are having temper tantrums, like, they're not they sometimes they don't remember to um, actually most of the time they don't remember to do it but just the fact that it's there there's a seed planted and like mm-hmm. those coping skills are so important you know I, I i wish that i had had those when i was having when i was having those breakdowns and triggers like i didn't know how to cope i just remember just like basically running myself into an asthma attack essentially mm-hmm. like for real like just like to the point where I couldn't breathe and I was like, I don't even know how to undo, get where to start to undo this feeling. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think the coping skills are really, really important. And you know, there's so many I and mean, breathing. I don't know if you guys have any that, you know, that you've, that you've you know, implemented. Yeah. I think being open to like being creative and realize that it's not a one size fits all situation. Mm-hmm. Like I have one sister where I used to tell her, I love to journal. And I would tell her like, Oh, journal, journal. It's like, it don't work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on my anger. I don't like it. I'm like, okay, well let's try something else. So she's into music. So, okay, cool. We'll do music to cope with whatever you're going through. I remember one of my little sisters when she was younger, she would get so silly and I could, my hunch was that she wants some attention right now. Cause she would just like, just do the dumbest shit and just come out and like, just do crazy stuff. And I was like, okay, let me ask her. So I was like, do you want attention right now? Like you want, you want an audience? And she would say yes. So I'm like, okay, well, you can let me know when you want to do that. And then we, we used to do talent shows at home. And so now it's like, okay, it must be talent show time because you want an audience, you want to be silly and we can do something in a positive way that will give you what you're looking for. And so I think just, I mean, allowing them to express themselves in that way, but going back to what you said about yoga, Erica, like, yoga meditation kids have so much at their disposal these days like you said i wish we had them when we were younger going through all the shit we don't went through um but yeah that's what i would say about coping what about you dom yeah i would say all of that and of course add in therapy and and i recognize too now that a lot that kids nowadays it's in therapy is in their vocabulary And so it's something that's truly normalized for them. And so giving them that space, you know, and their therapy, like the five-year-old, if the five-year-old needed therapy, there are therapists out there that specialize in working with kids, with with the little bitty ones. And they can do play therapy and art therapy and all kinds of, use all kinds of other techniques to help that child who might not have the vocabulary still express themselves. Right, right. For sure. I think 
I think that there are like there's different resources out there. I think like for 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 example, like my daughter, she loves um this this one YouTube channel called Cosmic Cosmic Kids. And that's that's the yoga channel and they have all these different like different they they do like a frozen yoga or like, you know, trolls yoga. So like for those parents that have those kids that are still, you know, I thought I would say between like three and like seven or eight, like that's a as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Great resource. We'll probably add more resources in the details of this episode. But even there's, you know, you've heard us, you guys, if you guys have listened for a while, you guys have heard us talk about better help. And better help has been a great resource for, for us. And, you know, for our listeners, our listeners have reached out to us and, and said that BetterHelp has really helped them with their therapy because it's virtual. You can just do it from the comfort of your home. And they have therapy for teenagers, not for the little ones. So you would, you'd still have to find therapists for for your smaller ones. But I think it's never too late. And BetterHelp is a really great option if you, if you don't know where to start and you feel overwhelmed. And I'll, I'll include the link in our bio um, for them as well. Um, but yeah, I think that all these tips are really great for, for kids and coping. And, and I do agree that it isn't an, a one size fits all. Like I, for even for looking at, I'm looking at our kids right now through the glass and like gym, our, like our kids are very different. They're best friends, but they have different interests. They have different coping skills. They have different triggers. Um, it's just so interesting to watch our little girls grow up together because they've been friends for since they were babies, but they're, they couldn't be more different in so many ways. Um, and the things and the needs that they need, the things that Irie needs to cope are, are different than the things that Luna, Luna needs for sure. So I think, yeah, listening to your kids and really knowing, knowing who they are and what's their, what their interests are and their little spirit is telling you is important. Super important. With number four, <clears throat> set boundaries. Yeah, set boundaries is the is the fourth tip that you guys have on this list. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's so important, especially for young for young kids, all kids, adults, all yes. of us. We all need Everybody. boundaries. Everybody. Yes. Um, but I mean, you guys have mentioned, you know, talking about consent and ownership of their bodies, which is a big one for us um, as parents and has been a really big one for me. You know, my daughter learning her body, she's five years old. You know, she started exploring herself at two, really mm -hmm. one, like, you know, they started at a young age. Yeah. And even more recently, like, you know, we've had people on and people encourage um, us to you know, t obviously identify our, our, our kids' body parts as their real names. Yep. And also, like, recently, like, Irie, like, she she was asking me about, you know, her vagina. And I was like, let's just take a mirror down there. Let's look at it. And, like, I really went in there. And we showed her everything. And she was a little shy at first. But then she was just like, oh, what is it called? And, like, I want those those things should be yes. normalized. Like, me yes. as a woman, like, I was, like, ashamed of my vagina. I was like, ugh. 
I don't know. Does it look right? Is it this? Is this normal? Like you know, and like, and I think because I didn't have a, this like connection to it, like I I didn't understand even like the consent part of it too. Yes. Um, and so I think yeah, boundaries. <laughs> you know, I, I this one's funny because I think we're really conscious of um, you know talking to our kids about boundaries with their bodies, mm-hmm. um, especially little girls and. Um, just saying no, or if you want someone to touch you, they don't have to touch you, but then like, I'll kiss all over her. And she's like, get off of me. I'm like, I'm your mom. I'm like, fuck, that totally goes against each other. <laughs> Boundaries with everyone but me. Um, <laughs> but even practicing what you preach, if you're not, she doesn't want to be touched, or she doesn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. be loved on at that moment, giving her the, the, I feel like by respecting those boundaries, even in those moments, gives her, what my whole thing is, empower your child to yeah. have presence over their body. I think yeah. a lot of, Growing up, especially as women, as girls, especially in like my teenage years, I didn't feel empowered with saying no. It literally took me out of my 30s, like, no, I'm good. Get off me. Like, for real? Like, yeah, get the fuck off me right now. I don't care where it's at and what push or pull. I don't give a, I'm good, you know? But it took so long of being like, can I do that? Or, you know, like, I've gotten this far, so now I have to do these things. But by having these conversations, it's like, nah, no one's going to die at any point. Pump one or six. If you don't want to, you're good. Say, get off me. You know, like, just, and I feel like even for me, I see how that empowerment kind of goes in other, like, leads into other things. Like, uh, I really, I try to pride myself on, like, not telling Lenny to be too careful, but to also be just, like, to be independent. I let her go. I would tell her, encourage her to climb. You know, like, go do what you want to do because I, I feel like that even empowers your child, that, you can do that. You can go climb that tree. I can, you know, like, obviously she lets me know I'm walking away. I'm going to go do this. But I, I try to like challenge her in those ways because I feel like even those things give her empowerment, um, you know, just in personal and other, in other aspects of, of her, of her body and of her life. So I try to be conscious of that, that she's in control and she has the control and she's, she's worthy of making those decisions by herself. Can I just say your daughters are so lucky to have moms like you, like the fact that you had your daughter with a mirror down there at five years old, that is so powerful. Like I remember doing that by myself when I was like probably a preteen or older in like a shameful way, but like having a mom guide her through that. And then you Mila, with your, like, go climb, go do that. And like, not to be so scary. Like that is so, they're going to remember those moments. I'm sure when they get older and that'll be pivotal for them. Um, I know what comes to mind for me when I think about boundaries is like allow or encouraging them to use their voice. I know I'm gonna just be honest. I, I'm sure I'm the only one on the on the um, on the episode that's experienced this, but I have some pervs in the family. And when I was younger, my mom used to tell us when we would like have family gatherings, like she let us know that it was okay to say you don't. I don't want to hug this person, mm, or good. that person comes over, that uncle tries to come over and whisper in your ear, which is so fucking weird. So weird. That, like what what are you doing Where my hug at? come on she empowered us like to say that we were uncomfortable and I thought that was so amazing and although I didn't always do it because I felt like I learned it a little late and I was still trying to work on how to say those things knowing that you have someone supporting you and doing that like you said Mila these days I'm a lot more confident in setting those boundaries but back then it was still something new for me so I think empowering and standing by your child and behind them if you're somewhere and they're like I don't want to give that person a hug Hey, I may not understand it. I, my heart hurts. She doesn't for want you. to. Yeah, you know exactly. what? But you exactly. know what is funny about that though is that you have to get your the rest of your family on board sometimes because they're yeah. so used to this respect thing of like mm-hmm. it's respectful to hug and kiss everyone. It's it's disrespectful if you don't. And I've had to actually have that conversation with my mom and be like, she doesn't want to. Why is it? Why are you pressing the issue? She doesn't want to. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to kiss and hug everyone. You know, as long as she says hello and she's respectful, that's all that's 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 all that she's required to do. Yeah. I think I think also new age parenting, I just made it up, I don't know if this is what we're doing over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cool. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> gonna put that in our bio. New age yeah. parenting. <laughs> Y'all should. Trailblazing new age parenting. Uh-huh. Uh, um is I feel like it, in a lot of communities, not just black communities, there are gonna be times where you're gonna have to check the people around you yep, and let them know like I, and as a mom and I, I, I feel like I got more confident even in it as I got 
further in it, you know, but like, I think it's important that when you come into your motherhood, one thing is just know that you are going to know innately what's right for your child and you are going to have to check some people. Mm-hmm. And that might be mother-in-laws, that might be baby daddies, that might be your mom, but you might be your grandma, but it's worth it. And it's also worth sometimes even your child having to hear the check. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, I want you to know your mom doesn't play games. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you know, I don't want you to be necessarily be afraid of confrontation, but know how to stand your ground and know that I have your back. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have going on over here is what we have going on over here. So. Mm-hmm. I do, um, I do, I, 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 that's kind of for me. <laughs> yeah. And the last I thing I'll that add. That's great. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the last thing I would add is like giving them language to use. So instead of just like, oh, set boundaries, like giving them like a toolbox. I love to Mm -hmm. use like templates. So I know, okay, I'm a little nervous in this situation. What do I say? Give them a little template on like, this is what you can say when you're trying to exercise that, that boundary violation or whatever it might be. I think that's so important. I think because it's one thing for you to say you can do it, but then it's like when they're when they're faced with the the situation and you're not like, there and you're not there and they're like, wait, I know I can do it, but how? Yeah. What do I say? What do I do? What are the words? You know, like they really do. They need the template. Yeah, I don't care what age it is. Like it's it's important to at least give them the option to know. You know, mm-hmm. so. Okay, I have, one, I have one more question um, that doesn't necessarily go with coping skills. This is a parenting question. Um, so I know we talked about like be, being careful what we project on our children, what we say, but I feel like we got a question about this today and I've been feeling these feelings about mm-hmm. with girls because, you know, in the black community, you don't you're fast and you're grown. If you've worn makeup, if you like a boy, I don't know what, what qualify you dance and hoochie from the music videos. You're fast and you're grown, mm-hmm. which looking back in hindsight, I feel like that was like that word was swirled around a lot. And like, because of that, I kind of embodied that and I was fast mm-hmm. and grown and probably maybe I was just fast and grown. But <laughs> like now that I see, I have a daughter and she's five and I see her mimicking how I dance shit, mimicking the dances that are on TV, the music videos. There are so many under even kid shit. Everything is, 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 you know, um, an underlining tone, yeah. romantic, sexual, sexualized. Mm-hmm. sexualized. And, um, I, I really pride myself on not putting sexual, you know, not sexualizing children. I, I hate my, I hate when people are like, Oh, uncle so-and-so is here. Go put your shirt on. There's men around. First of all, uncle so-and-so can't come. If anybody has to say that to my free okay. underage child, that okay. part. I don't ever like we're naked in our house, you know, this is our house. Mm-hmm. And if you at any point, just because a man comes in, I, I stand by the notion that I'm not going to teach my daughter to expect men to violate you or disrespect mm-hmm. you or that they have no control over their actions. That's in no way, shape, form or true. And don't accept any man that makes you feel that way. Right. So I just like, as she's getting older and she is sassy and I did buy her hoop earrings that I might take back. But... <laughs> But like, you know, there's all of this and even me, like I, I think it's hoochie, you know, but like, yeah. what's really hoochie? Because if you go back to roots, like Africans, Islanders, we be shaking ass and <laughs> that's, that's just, what, that's, that's a part of our culture. All of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, even to sexualize that, you know, and like recently Luna, my friend had a four post pole bed and she was just like doing all this art on the pole to the music. I was like, wow, it's really, it's really good actually. But I was conscious, <laughs> like. One time I posted it, her on a pole. My friend had a pole. She was little, really little. And like, obviously she knows nothing about the strip club, strippers, et cetera. But I got all that, like somebody messaged me something like all this deep shit about me posting it. And I was like, am I a bad mom? You know, and even like, you know, posting her, like her, her non chest was out. And I'm just like, I'm not even fucking thinking of these things. Mm -hmm. But I realized like people have been abused. They're triggers. People, Mm -hmm. um, you know, want, want to put that on parents that you that somehow we're putting our child in a place to be you know victimized or whatever like not and that's just so far from the truth like you said there'd be pervs at the motherfucking cookout pervs at the library pervs at the park i can't live my life for pervs okay it doesn't work that way that's not how we live over here i'm not living in fear obviously i'm watching you obviously i'm teaching you to have like empowerment and consent over your body but i just like it's such a so the 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 person who wrote in was saying you know her daughter's 10 she wants to be 
uh, you know, body positive and not mm-hmm. project those things on her. But like, how do you say it's okay in the house, but not outside? And like, no. you know, like, it's just such a thin line because the truth is they're receiving this from outside sources every day, even if right. it doesn't look so blatant. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so it's I think tricky, it's, it, it is, is a so tricky, tricky thing and so it goes to a matter of like explaining about like what we do in our house and how what we do in our house may be different okay um and so how what we do in our house is different than what's going to happen in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And while this is a safe space. Brian bought us our flat, these flowers for us. Oh, wow. wow. So nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Oh, oh, what is this for? For what? Oh, my God. Love you. Uh-huh. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm recording. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Side note. Erica has like the best yeah. black landlords. They're a spell house couple. <laughs> and they just brought her flowers. That is so sweet. Oh, those oh, are it's pretty. Tuesday. You look it's cool. Tuesday. What's coming on Wednesday? I love this. Right? Yes. I don't know what I did. I've been paying my rent late because COVID. I don't know what. We're just happy he's still paying. All right, he wrote me something. Oh, he must know you're trying to move. How do they know I'm trying to move? They must listen to the podcast. Oh. I'm joking. They're just amazing people. That is so sweet. That is. Sorry. It's okay. I'm shook. I'm shook. I don't know what's going. I don't know what this is for. I'm like, I'm bracing myself for some shit. I'm like, what's happening? Everything good is not a bad sign. Okay, you're right. Yes, <laughs> let's let's em, let's embrace that we let's embrace the kindness. Yes, yes. for random acts of kindness. These flowers are beautiful. I'm they like, are. Not, I'm like, I'm, my boyfriend needs to step it up. Oh, there you wow. go. <laughs> my married <laughs> landlords and his family are treating me better. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm, so, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I love you. You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, sorry, but okay. uh, oh, you were saying that the things that happen in our house, our house is different than everybody else's house, right? And if they understand that, then it's like when they step outside, then they kind of know, okay, there may be some things that we're not allowed to do when we step outside because. These this is not safe. everybody outside this house is not going to be as safe and as kind mm-hmm. and as as positive and wonderful mm-hmm. as we are. So this is how you navigate when we leave this. I think also creates yeah. a solace for them too. Like mm-hmm. home becomes like that safe space. That my safe, space. my safe, happy, excited like space where I can yes. be me and I can Her do space. Yeah. Hey, space. I see what you did there, Mila. So y'all, they have this bomb ass twerk class before COVID. We used to Dom and I have gone this bomb ass twerk class in Oakland where we go I mean, it is so liberating. I never knew that twerking and dancing so sensually could be so liberating. And mm-hmm. so sometimes they would post pictures online. I mean we busting it wide open up in there. We post hey. pictures online and videos, right? And um, people will be so judgmental online. But what I've noticed is that a lot of people were triggered. So a lot of mm-hmm. women may have never been so free in their bodies that they, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe have never even had an orgasm. And they're just like, well, that looks too pleasurable. You're having too much fun. This and that mm-hmm. and that. And so the women in the group, they create such a safe space. They close the door and they have a male guard who's like one of the sons of the women that attends because men would sometimes come by and try to peek inside. And so it just makes me think of like what you're saying about creating a safe space internally so that we know that when we go outside like i'm not going to go twerk at the bart station the way that i'm twerking in class because i know this is a safe 
haven in a safe space and people out there are not safe. So going back to what you said, Erica, about like it requires you to have conversations with other people sometimes about what standards you're setting for your child. And I love how you said, Mila, we're not living in fear over here, but we do have boundaries as far as like where we show up in this free way, if that makes sense, because of this world that we live in. Um, just to piggyback off what you said real fast, um, you know, you're saying like women commenting in the comments, judging, and that they probably are not <clears throat> comfortable in their bodies and probably haven't mm-hmm. even had orgasms. And um, I think that's such a, it's so fucked up because I think we, we hesitate around our own sexuality as women because we're afraid if we're too sexual, then we hopes and mm-hmm. we'll be labeled as whores right. and then it won't be good. Um, but then the, on the, on the, you know, in hindsight, if you don't connect with your body, if you don't love your body, if you don't look all up and down your shit and be like, damn, I look good, I feel good. I think those are the women that are more likely to be, not all, because Lord knows all the women. Everybody gets taken advantage of at some point yes. in their life. If you have a vagina um, or whatever. But that if you're not in tune with your body in that way, I think it is harder to say no. I think it is harder to govern over your body if you don't feel comfortable in it. I think it's super important to tap in to, you know, all aspects of yourself, including the sexual aspect or women, you know, feminine, divine, divine goddesses. Of course, we, we have sexual aspects. We give birth to babies, you know, like that's what we're supposed to do. So if you're not in tune with that divine femininity and that sensuality and that intimacy and that sexuality in yourself, you're cutting off a big part of yourself and how you interact in other spaces. Yes. That's and I think... All. It, it's so spot on that we also have to take it back to our daughters, right? And say that when we are teaching them, when we're when they're looking in the mirror and they're identifying their vagina, also giving them permission to pleasure themselves, right? Yes, you're the first person, the most important person. You need to be in tune with that before you let somebody else come fondle down there with dirty fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it's right. true. And, we, and we've, we've talked about this too on the podcast. Who did we talk to her? Oh, with Shan Booty. So Shan, Shan Boodrum, she's a sexologist and we had her on and um, she was discussing like, like how, what happens when your child gets caught masturbating? Like, what does that look like? And like, how do you create those boundaries? Like, close Oh, teach sorry. Them, sorry. You close the door. You tell them, and you have a conversation. Like you know, we do this later. Like, you close the door. You know, and you and you take your special time for yourself alone. Always yes. alone. Mm-hmm. Always with the door closed. Right. Always at home. You know, exactly. and it's totally fine. And you, and you exactly. explore, and it, it's going to feel good, and and that's the really exciting, exciting part about your body. And as you get older, and anybody who you let touch your body, their priority should be also to give you pleasure. And if yep. it's not, they don't need your body. Exactly. exactly. I'm sure that when people heard that, because I feel like for a lot of people, Mila, who are not new age parents, right, who are not in this new age parenting, they probably just, that is probably mind blowing to them. Like, why would you teach them that? But I vividly remember like touching my vagina and being all up in that when I was a toddler. Like, I remember my mom like smacking my hand, like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. And I was so curious. I'm like, what is this thing? And it feels a certain way when you touch yourself. It's like, why not invite them in and make it a conversation versus them finding it out on their own? They have access to all these things on the internet anyway, and then friends. And why not create that safe space for them to learn? So I just wanted to add that in there. And just to go back to the the creating, what was the, I think it was number two. It was um, model and encourage. Or was it, tr- it was, we were talking about trust. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. not shaming. Because yes. like, you, I have felt like, trust me, like we might be new age, but there's still like a lot of things that I was taught that when I see, when I saw my daughter touching herself, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, you have, you still have those moments. Like you're and, almost uncomfortable like, because you've been mothered that way. Yeah. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. And it's like, and again, it's that moment that's like, okay, here I am. Here's the fork in the road. Which way am I going to go? Right. You know? And it's like, am I going to take the uncomfortable route? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to take the route that feels comfortable, which is probably going to like shame my daughter and not ever want her to talk to me about it again. And she's going to mm-hmm. do it in weird places and let yeah. other people do it for her. And it's not going to be about her at all. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, I think I'll just be uncomfortable for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think you know? doing that creates that, builds that trust between them, between you all too, right? So mm-hmm. being able to see you have that uncomfortable moment, because they pick up on those slightest facial expressions and body mm-hmm. language too, right? So. Energy. 
they can see when you have that initial shock, but then they also get to witness the beauty of you making that adjustment and having the conversation in a healthy way. And so then that also models for them that, oh, wait, it's normal. It's natural that I might not have the healthiest response right away, but I can correct it, right? Right. I can still like have, give myself the second to have that initial reaction and then come back around in a healthy way. Right. And Erica, you just brought us into number five, encouraging Mm -hmm. autonomy. I was like, Ooh, we're kind of moving into that topic, but about talking about choices and control that are, our children have around their body and around just, I think their person is so important because it's like, once you understand that you have control over this, then other extensions of you. So whether it's your art or your belongings, you can kind of exercise that as well. Um, but yeah, that's spot on. And a lot of, I know I didn't have that autonomy as a child. So I think that's just so important. And I wonder what kind of adults we're going to be raising as we build these very free and autonomous individuals that know how to set boundaries. And of course they're going to make mistakes and they'll have their stuff. Cause we all have our stuff, but like, I just imagine that foundation that they'll have like that. Isn't it beautiful? That's incredible. It's, it's, it's just that empowerment, that fear yes. of not asking questions or just asserting yourself and knowing, knowing thyself, you yes. know? Yes. Because you were encouraged to do so on your own terms and, you know, without, you know, judgment. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no perfect childhood. People are going to judge you along the way. There's only so much. You're, you're going to fuck up. There's no, I can only protect They're going to have so much. some trauma. They're going to find yes. out. Now that my daughter's in <laughs> exactly. school too, I've been thinking about like the things, there's so much I can't control while she's there. Exactly. I don't know what kind of parenting is happening with these other kids that they're going to bestow onto her mm-hmm. and they're going to say, and like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, all I can do is give her the empowerment now mm-hmm. to exactly. be able to be like, yeah, you know, my mommy told me that we already do some like shit like that. Yeah, we're yeah, we're not we we don't live like that over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, so so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge. Yes, yes. thank you. It's been oh. so helpful. This was so fun. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, they can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Space Podcast. Dope. All right, you guys, make sure you check them out and you know where to find us at good moms underscore bad choices on Instagram. And if you're listening right now, make sure you scroll all the way down to the bottom, leave a rating and review and join our Patreon. I'm going to end this episode with a clip from our Patreon. Patreon has a bunch of secret episodes, sex positions. Um, we interview our kids over there. I'll get really personal. Yeah, we get we write blogs. It's basically a journal. It's a journal. It is. <laughs> How, where do babies come from? From the, from the food all you eat. And um, they get, when you eat a lot of food, that means they um, come in your tummy when you're adult. And, um, and then um, the doctor takes the, um, the baby out of your tummy. The doctor just comes to your house and then the baby will be um, at home already. How do babies get in your tummy? Oh, um, you grow a plant and then a baby grows in your belly. You mean um, that you eat um, a lot of food and then a baby um, appears.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.